Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another edition of Shot Callers presented by 48 Minutes Network. I am your host, Kyle Brandon. Joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Ben Brown. GLK, what's good, my brother? We have a fun episode today. Yes, we do. That is what's good, my brother. Absolutely. We uh, we got the Celtics today. Nicole Yang is our guest. She's awesome. She works uh, with the Boston Globe and uh, she works with Boston.com. So give her a follow on Twitter, uh, at Nicole Yang. This is a really awesome episode. This was one of my favorites to record. Uh, even going back and listening to it was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. She has so much great insight actually being with those players in the locker room. So let's get into it. But first, our buddies, state champs. I said I always remember the wood crane beneath my feet in a busy street. I never said I was angry, but I think I'm still in misery. But it's what I need, and it took me by surprise. Sometimes I think I'm bound Joining us today uh, from the Boston Globe, Nicole Yang. Nicole, what's happening? How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing good. Excited to talk to Celtics. Uh, it's going to be fun. We're recording this on a Sunday. Um, I don't know which day it's going to go up, but um, I'm sure you're watching the Patriots today. Um, how, how's the city when the Patriots are playing? Is it crazy? Um, yeah, especially today. It's the first game of the season. I feel like it's just a different... People always say Boston is a football town or a football city. Yeah. So, um, okay. Who knows? Maybe with the Celtics' upcoming season, that could change. But what is like, a different energy? What is like the uh, kind of like the priority in sports there? Like, what's the what's the hierarchy? I mean, because technically, you have three teams that could possibly win a championship. I mean, this year, this year. I mean, the Patriots <laughs> are always. Yeah. I mean, of course, the Patriots are always in it. Um, the Celtics, of course, will be phenomenal, and then you have the Red Sox, who They're are like all time great. Top, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what's it? I and mean, <laughs> there are probably some Bruins fans that will be offended by your comment gotcha. that yeah. you didn't include them too. Well, I'm, I'm a um, Red Wings fan, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Blackhawks fan, so we don't talk to them. Yeah. Bruins, so. Okay. But okay. Right. <laughs> but where would, where are the Celtics uh, in that? Like uh, in the hierarchy? I would say they're probably. Third, um, really? I think, wow. yeah, I feel like last year they definitely made a push um, for second. The Patriots are always first um, until, like, Belichick, Brady uh-huh. fall apart. Yeah. I think they'll always be first. And then the Red Sox, just because of, like, their history. And they've also won more recently, so that might help. But if the, the Celtics win a championship or make it to the finals this year, I think they definitely – have a chance to be second. Also, if Kyrie stays, I think that will help a lot too, just to have like continuity of a superstar. But yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll get into uh, into some Celtics. Um, it wasn't a crazy off season for you guys, actually. Um, nothing like uh, a year ago where it was really insane. Um, it was kind of what we expected. Just some resigns. Um, no new crazy additions. Um, just kind of running it back. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy that stood out, but you kept like your whole war chest of assets. Um, you didn't get Kawhi or anything like that. I mean, how are you feeling about not making any huge moves? Do you, do you like the kind of conservative, uh, run it back approach? Yeah. So 
uh, Danny Ainge said in his exit interview, like right after the Celtics lost to the Cavs, that they probably were going to keep everything the same. Um, I think people were a little bit skeptical just because of what happened last season. You know, he always like has something up his sleeve, but <laughs> he really stayed true to his word. Um, didn't really make any big moves at all. I think like the biggest move was just bringing back Marcus Smart, um, which is I think a little bit surprising that they um, went ahead and like signed him to uh, like a short term deal um, as opposed to just having him sign the qualifying offer but it's hard to not be excited about the team given how they did last year making it all the way to the eastern conference finals without gordon and Kyrie. so with them back um i think everyone is pretty excited to see what they can do yeah there was only like five minutes of seeing the the true team and that was like the first five minutes of the season so mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> i don't know if we i don't know if we actually know what this team is gonna gonna be like so that's well, yeah. exciting Absolutely. No, totally. I mean, in looking at it, I mean, you get, it's almost like you are um, getting a free agent pickup again with Gordon Hayward. I mean, because you only got him for the first couple minutes of the season. Um, and then you lose Kyrie at the end of the year. I mean, what does this team look at look like now? I mean, the depth of this team is just crazy. I mean, they'll go nine or ten deep. I mean, what what does that look like with some of the emerging stars and some of the older stars coming back? I mean, how does that mesh look like for Boston? I mean, I think that's the biggest question that everyone wants to know, like how the minutes are going to be distributed, mm-hmm. how, I mean, the good thing is, though, is that, like, they're not going to have Gord. I don't anticipate them having Gordon play, like, 30-plus minutes mm-hmm. when he is um, starting in the season. Like, I think they're going to ease him back in, but they should be able to do that pretty seamlessly with um, how deep their bench is, like you mentioned, and same with Kyrie, like, and Kyrie's health has been a huge concern, I think, over his entire career. So being able to kind of watch his health, like conserve him too, and just not overuse him, I think should help in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what everyone wants to know is like how they're going to really like to be up to playing time and which rotations, which lineups um, are going to work well. Brad Stevens said the other day that he's focusing more on how they're going to play as opposed to who they're going to play or whom they're going to yeah, play. So right. I think like that's always their mentality like right now. Okay. It, it's really weird. I feel like I can't remember a team that had so much depth where people were perceiving it as a negative thing. I, it, do you kind of, <laughs> do you kind of get the vibe that people are like saying like their kind of weakness is that they're so deep and like, what are they going to do with all this depth? Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like people are kind of making it a negative, and it's weird. Yeah, I agree. I feel like people might be anticipating some sort of, like, infighting. Like, Terry Rozier is going to be really upset that he isn't going to be a starter anymore, or people are going to be upset over coming off the bench and starting. But I think this locker room won't have any issues with that. No one has... I don't know if anyone would say if they did, but no one has said that they do have any issues. Um, I talked to Jason Tatum earlier this summer, and he said he would be fine coming off the bench. I really think this team is after that collective goal of winning a championship, and they will do whatever it takes to 
like reach that goal. <laughs> Jason I mean, Tatum coming off, off the bench. bench is, I mean, yeah, I, that's definitely not gonna happen. No, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was like, I'll do whatever. Like, I know it's important to contribute while I'm on the floor. Like, it doesn't matter to me. So, yeah, yeah that wouldn't even. That wouldn't even happen in my 2K team. That's no. that's like too good. So, so what is? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You're up there every day. How healthy are Kyrie and Hayward? I know that Ainge said that they both should be ready for camp. Um, I've seen workout videos of Hayward. Of course, we saw Kyrie with the U.S. team. He didn't play, but he was active doing some shooting yeah. and some other stuff. Um, how healthy are they? And and will they be? Uh, full strength starting of, of uh, training camp. Yeah, so all signs point to that they will be ready um, for training camp. That's what Brad told us last week. Um, I had talked to Gordon at the end of July, and he says that he should be starting five-on-five five, um, in August. As of last week, Brad said he hadn't played five-on-five five yet, but um, Apparently, it should be happening sometime soon. He, like, glanced at his watch and was like, anytime now. So (laughs) there there shouldn't be any setbacks there, apparently. Like, he should be on his way. As you guys have seen, like, the workout videos, he looks great. Like, Mm -hmm. doesn't look, um, again, like, that's just a snippet. But he doesn't look like he's, um, like, slow at all or anything. Um, Looks to be going, like, full force. I'm a sucker Kyrie for workout videos. Oh, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> love them. That, I mean, I, I, I overreact to Melo. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Melo fooled us last year, and then now he's trying to fool us again, and I'm not falling for it. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Apparently, there's going to be, like, this lengthy Players' Tribune documentary um, for Gordon Hayward's, like, full recovery. So that will okay. be something to look forward to, too. Um. But, yeah, Kyrie, like, we've heard a little less from. He's been, like, less open about his recovery. It wasn't as major as Gordon's injury, so I don't think he'd be documenting it or anything. But Uh, he said that he is going to be ready to go by training camp. So I'm not too concerned about them. Um, Apparently the two that haven't been cleared yet for five-on-five are Daniel Tice, who tore his meniscus last season, and... Robert Williams, the their draft pick. So, oh, yeah. not sure um, what their status is. I think Brad says that he was told everyone will be ready to go by training camp. So, that's what I'm gonna move forward with. But those are the two I think that are like the last of the bunch to be cleared. Yeah. Now you brought up Robert Williams, um, and you guys took him with I'm sorry, 27th pick. Was it 27th, 28th? 27? Uh, I think it was the 28th. 28th? But... Late 20s yeah. draft pick. Uh, yeah. Out of Texas A&M, the big man. And, um... 20, you were right. It was the 27th. 27th. Perfect. Uh, yeah. We did we did a mock draft, and we were talking about him, and um, he, he seemed like kind of a high-risk player. I thought he would go to the Clippers with one of their two draft picks, kind of at the end of the lottery, because um, they had kind of the wiggle room with two draft picks there. Uh, I also think he's a good fit with the Celtics because, again, like they have the wiggle room with all the depth that if they hit big mm-hmm. on him, it's awesome. Uh, if they kind of miss and he's not a home run, they're also fine. So uh, what are your what are your thoughts on him? I, I know he's already had uh, some issues with missing a, <laughs> missing a flight. Flight, and, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, what are your, your issues? Uh, I don't know. What do you think of him so um, far? 
So I think what you said is accurate. Like, if he is able to contribute, that's awesome. He's kind of like a big man. At the South. Like, Tice, I think, will be a traditional center, but, like, he can play the five and let Horford play the four, which um, is what he prefers. So that would be nice. But at the same time, the Celtics roster is so deep that if he – like can't contribute or doesn't contribute, then it's not a total loss. Um, he did get um, have a little bit of a rocky start, um, but he's a really nice guy. I think he's really committed to putting forth his best effort and working hard. He spent some time with like Al Horford, trying to learn from like him and Aaron Baines, who's another guy who can play the five. So yeah. mm-hmm. hopefully, like, all the veteran influence rubs off on him. Um, but, yeah, he he lost his wallet, like, I think three times in a week or something. Oh, oh so he's just, like, a 20-year-old <laughs> yeah, guy. No, trying, like, trying to fuck yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. he's just like any other kid that would be in college. I mean, it. Yeah. except he's making money exactly. So, I mean, he, some yeah. people forget that they're still – they're twenty-year-old, nineteen, twenty-year-old kids, man. They're going with the busiest schedule, the busiest in schedule, the world, yeah. and you're a professional. Exactly, athlete. things happen. Absolutely, and he's, he's from like small, a small town in Louisiana, and he has never, he had never been to Boston. Like his press introductory press conference was his first trip to Boston. It was his mom's like second plane uh, ride ever. So Aww. I think it's just a adjustment, like all around, and hopefully. Like, once he gets here, things will um, be smooth if he stays healthy. But he lives right next to the practice facility. So That's good. At least That's good. Yeah. Someone, someone uh, made a really smart decision there, yeah. whoever that was. That was yeah. good. I'm sure, yeah. it was, I'm sure it was mom. Mom, usually, mom or mom agent is like, look. Taking care of him. Yeah, taking care of him, which is a good thing. Love it. Did you see the uh, the year one thing they did on ESPN uh, where Jason Tatum kind of was going around Boston and – it was like his first time eating like Boston food and seeing Boston stuff. I, it reminded me of that, um, where he had yeah, exactly. clam, clam chowder, clams or something like that <laughs> for the first time. And I don't know, it was very, very pure and innocent, like 21 year old behavior. It was, it was fun. Um, what do you, what do you expect out of Tatum this year? Do you, do you think he's going to continue to improve at like the same trajectory? Do you think he's going to kind of, uh, do you think who we saw like in the playoffs is who he is, or like should we be expecting more out of him? Yeah, I think definitely expect more out of him. I think that's what all the coaches think. I think that's what his family, like Coach K, like everyone thinks that his ceiling is just like boundless. Um, so he's been working on getting stronger, um, which I think one thing he struggled with last year is like he would sometimes get the ball like smacked um out of him and like lose possession in the paint so he's hoping to like get a little bit better ball control um he's been working out with drew hanlon joel Embiid, like that whole crew so i mean i think he definitely can also step up more as a leader too um last year i think he like stepped up in the playoffs but mm-hmm. he was still a rookie, so this year he can kind of take on like a bigger role in that sense as well. Yeah, yeah that absolutely. that dunk on LeBron in the playoffs was like probably my favorite moment yeah. of the entire playoffs. Yeah, I think I mean it's <laughs> almost like it's almost like a not, I don't want to say passing of the guard, but it's almost like that. Uh-huh. I'm I'm coming out. Like, yeah, you know, 
you yeah. Know, when, you, when you get one on on LeBron or, or any other big time players down. in the stare down, like you know, you you get a lot of respect. So I mean, I I would expect for him that to do some really great things. Uh, I'm sure that no, that right. Boston people are excited. Um, and I think he gave LeBron like a little shoulder bump too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah he went yeah. in. Yeah, he's working with Kobe this off season, which he loves. Yeah, yeah. He's a big Kobe so, fan. Yes, he is. <laughs> That's a huge deal for him. So Aww. I'm sure he learned something. He said that it was more um, about like that Mamba mentality. So mm-hmm. again, like I feel like that's just him developing like off the court too, and like just as a leader, as a person. Um, he's also only 20, so yes. yeah. Like again, that, they're just man. so young. So, so you said that Mamba mentality. Do you do you see him as that end of game closer? Do you think that's still Kyrie right now? Um, what is what does this team look like at the end of the game? Like, is it the, um, is it the same five? Do they put in Marcus Smart at the end? Um, he's been really reliable at the end. Um, yeah, who are they? Yeah, I think I think Marcus Smart is generally on the floor to finish games just because of his like addiction to like sacrifice his body mm-hmm. and like throw himself for any play. He also is just a great passer um, and great defender, obviously. But recency bias, like, yeah, it <laughs> seems like Tatum could definitely take the last shot, run the last plays. But I think they still go to Kyrie. Yeah. Like, it's hard to not have yeah. the ball in his hands just, Absolutely. like, knowing what he can do. And knowing that he's done it in a game seven of a finals. Right. Yeah, exactly. That, that's got to be and, worth something. Yeah, um, his handle. And I'm sure he wants – I mean – I don't know if you guys remember that clip, like, when the big three first got to Boston mm-hmm. and um, they were doing an interview and someone asked, like, who takes the last shot? Um, and Paul and KG said Ray, but Ray said, like, the open man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there could be some of that. Like, Kyrie would say, like, oh, like, whoever's open will take it, but everyone else would say Kyrie. Yeah, I was going to say. And, and I think – Truth down, deep down, Kyrie would say, man, I got to take that shot. That's got to be me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why you know, I left. And that's right? why I left, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm tired of LeBron always thinking he could take the last shot. So um, if if they people have listened to this podcast before know that I have a man crush on Brad Stevens, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, okay. Ben is like, a coach. Ben is a coach as well. Yes. So he, he's, he's a big fan of coaches in yeah. general, but he I, loves Brad. But I love Brad Stevens. I just feel like... Um, for a guy at his age, I mean, me and him are about the same age. Um, I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine leading a professional team uh, to the depths of what he did. And I just love the fact that he took a team with with two injured superstars, and he still rallied them up um, to take a LeBron led team to the brink. I mean, they should have they should have won that series. Let's be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But Brad Stevens just makes so many good calls. And does so many things well. I mean, what is what is the feel around that organization about uh, the just the importance of having him there, um, the things that he's able to do, a game plan. And I mean, because he's not he's not one of those like grizzly old guys. I mean, he is a young guy. <laughs> I mean, he's got young play. Now, of course, all of his players are younger. I mean, we just talked about how young Tatum is. Um, Kyrie's not very old. I mean, Brown. Jalen Brown's a young guy. Um, 
But what is the feel around that organization about Brad Stevens and Brad Stevens and his leadership and his ability um, just to get them in great positions? Seems like every time. Yeah, it's funny. Um, Brad will draw up these amazing after timeout plays, and after like they will mm-hmm. typically work. And then after the game, like Horford or Kyrie will be like, yeah, like Brad drew up this play. And we're like, huh, really? Like, are you sure? But they would obviously listen and run it. And they'd be like, oh, like Brad, like always knows what's best. So he even mm-hmm. surprises like the players with his play calling. Um, I mean, I think everyone respects him and like they know that he's a super like intelligent basketball mind um, who works really hard. Like he definitely is similar in Bill Belichick in that, like, mm-hmm. it's a do-your-job mentality. Like, each player just needs to do what they can do to the best of their ability. And each player needs to take advantage of, like, the opportunity presented to them on, like, any given day type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think he's definitely a good influence for all the players. Um, definitely, like, an open person, he, like... I don't think anyone has any complaints about him. Yeah, I always get the feel that um, he's the type of guy that, and I and uh, you know I've had the the fortunate of, of playing you know college sports and and playing sports my whole life, but I always feel like he's that guy that if he turned to Kyrie and was like, "Hey, man, that if you hit that brick wall, it'll move." And Kyrie'd be like, all right, and he'd run into it as hard as he can, just believing that <laughs> believing yeah. Brad Stevens is correct. You know yeah. what I mean? So um, yeah. I always get that feel with Brad Stevens. Like they always believe in what he's gonna do and they always trust his his process and execution of, of trying to get them in the best possible spot. No, totally. There's definitely a strong level of trust, I think. Uh, Tatum was like asked about what similarities he saw between Brad and Coach K, and he said it's just their ability to connect with their players. Mm-hmm. So I think he's able to form a, like these bonds with players about things outside of basketball, and then they trust him right. when it comes to basketball for his like talented basketball mind, but also because of their like deeper relationship as well. Right. I'm really curious on how Brad handles it at the end of the year um, as far as, like, resting his players and all that stuff. Like, do they go for home court? Because um, I would assume that the Raptors are going to have a, a pretty good record as well in the East this year. Um, so how do you think that all plays out at the end of the year? Do you think he's resting a bunch of people? you think they're they're just going to lock in that first seed but, like, that first seed is with doing as little as possible. Um, how do you, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, I think that's definitely an interesting question, especially given the Celtics performance on the road last year during the playoffs was definitely like not very impressive. Um, so it seems like home court advantage might be something that's important to them, even if they might not admit it when it comes down to that time. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to do. I think it's whenever he's asked about that type of stuff, I feel like he's always like, you just never know, like things could change on a dime, like Mm -hmm. especially given last season. Um, You don't know like what stage the team is going to be at at that point. So it's hard to predict, but I think the Celtics definitely 
are a favorite in the East, but they aren't like the runaway number one seed by any means either. So it'll probably be competitive. Who do you see as their biggest competition? I mean, obviously the Raptors are kind of, you know, they were the number one seed last year. They added Kawhi. Um, I don't think that they're worse, um, but I do think that Philly has another year. um, And that's a really fun, young, talented team as well. Who do you see as the biggest threat to them? Do you see the Raptors or Philly? Um, I definitely think the Raptors have gotten better. Um, Like, Kawhi is just, like, a top – well, if he comes back healthy, presumably, like, top five player in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Danny Green is also a very good addition, in my opinion. So I definitely think they improved. Um, And the 76ers should put up a better fight than they did last year, even though a lot of those playoff games were – very um, closely contested, but like if Markel Fultz can do anything but like nothing, that's already <laughs> like, a bonus. <laughs> he's another one of those workout video guys. I mean, he's already had a workout yeah. video out, so yeah. Let's hope exactly. that, that uh, you know he he's uh, cashes in on that. <laughs> like if he can just contribute something, that's already a win for Philadelphia. So literally um, anything. Yeah, exactly. Like literally, do more than nothing. So. Like, I expect them to be competitive. I mean, Joel Embiid, I think this was his first offseason, like, healthy. Um, mm-hmm. So he probably put in a lot of good work. I mean, Simmons, if he somehow got a jump shot of some sort over the offseason or worked on that, like, the, the 76ers are definitely going to be competitive. Um, Giannis, if, like, who knows what he yeah. was working on this offseason, like, if the Bucks. They also have a coach, like, as nice as Joe Prunty was as a person, I feel like their current coach is a little bit, I don't know, just, like, more suited for right. the job. So, like, that could definitely make things a little bit more challenging. Like, I think the East will be competitive, even though, like, everyone says that the West is, like, yeah, the more right. dominant conference. But it'll still be difficult. I will say that you Celtics fans, and I'm going to generalize here, you guys are pretty nasty <laughs> towards Ben Simmons' jump shot on Twitter. It is <laughs> yeah, every day. Every day I see it, and it's funny. I'm not. I'm. I'm not like picking a side or defending anyone here. It's. It's just every day I see it, and it's funny. People are definitely ruthless. Um, so if he like the thing is though for him like if he just came out and like made a three, he like. All of this would <laughs> one three, but it's one three. Is that all it takes? His, exactly, one. like it's in his control. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> who who is public enemy number one for the Celtics? Is it the Lakers or is it the Sixers right now? Um, for like the fan base, yeah, I would yeah. say probably the Sixers. The Sixers, okay. They just love. I feel like they love trolling yeah. the Sixers. Wow. Um, and, I mean, Joel Embiid also, like, loves trolling everyone, so, like, that probably adds to it. But, I mean, like, LeBron, I feel like it's easy to write LeBron off now because he's, like, not in the East. Right. He's on the Lakers with a bunch of, like, I don't know, just, like, a random assortment of players. Uh, kind of a not my um, problem thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, That's funny. Like, the Sixers seem to be, like, Ben Simmons is an easy target, so oh, yeah. it's easy for them to pick on him. But yeah, super talented, but like no jump shot. The Kardashians thing, just yeah, man. yeah like Exa- the, yeah, the exactly. rookie of the year thing. Um, 
there's a lot of ammo uh, there. He put out another workout video with LeBron, though. So, I mean, he's a, he became another workout video guy. Yeah, he, looks, he looks good. <laughs> he did look he good. Looks, he looks good. Lie. Now, I don't know who they're playing against in those. Oh, no, it's at a Lifetime Fitness. Yeah, it and looks like, like And, like, I used to have a membership to Lifetime Fitness, <laughs> so, like... <laughs> it looks like, you know what I mean, he was in there, he's like, yeah, let's, so it's, let's pick up a game with yeah. me and LeBron versus some other guys that are in here trying oh, yeah. to play some basketball. It would just be, like, me, it's like, I got next, and, yeah. like, I didn't know LeBron had next, yeah. and that's who his workout video. That's, yeah, yeah. that's a bad decision, you know what I mean? Um... <laughs> So as we just talked about, we mentioned the the Lakers and the 76ers. Um, And we've had this discussion before. I always feel like the NBA needs four teams that are, or I guess call them storied or historic um, teams to be successful. One, I always feel is the Celtics. Two, I always feel is the Lakers. Three, I always feel are the Knicks. And I would throw the Sixers in there. Um, how would I mean? How do you feel about that? I mean, when the Lakers, I feel like when the league is strong, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks, and the Seventy Sixers are strong. I love. I think the league loves Lakers versus Celtics when they're both strong. They're both going at each other. I mean, they got a little bit of that when the Big Three was in Boston and Kobe was still with Gasol and the Lakers. Um, What's your what's the feeling like in Boston when the Celtics and the Lakers are strong and that rivalry is competitive? What what's the feeling in Boston when that's going on? I mean, yeah, those that like oh eight to like twenty ten. Yes, those three seasons were awesome. Um, but I think like even even for when the teams aren't particularly good, when the two teams play each other, the the mm-hmm. players recognize like the historical significance and kind of like everything that's gone on between those two franchises I feel like they appreciate that and they know that and I think someone even said that last year it might have been Lonzo Ball he was like it just feels a little different so I think they do recognize that um the Knicks I would say like of that bunch are probably the team that needs to kind of pick it up <laughs> well, yeah, I mean <laughs> Get it going. Yeah, right. obviously they're yeah. I mean, right now they're lacking a little bit. But if they like, this is obviously not based on anything. But if like Kyrie and like Jimmy Butler and like Durant somehow end up on the Knicks in like a season or two, I feel like that would be amazing for the NBA. Yeah. So next next off season is going to be a crazy one. Um, do you think? Yeah. That, do you think that? And I think it's going to be a crazy one for Boston. Do you think that um, next offseason Anthony Davis joins you, or do you think he joins you this year, or is he going to sign with Clutch and sign with the Lakers? Um, what are your <laughs> thoughts on Anthony Davis? Because I feel like that is the ultimate end goal. When you guys missed out on Kawhi, that's okay, because I feel like Anthony Davis was still kind of looming in the background. Um, what's the? Yeah. What do you think is the plan with Anthony Davis? Um, so Anthony Davis is said to be, um, Mike Gorman said that Anthony Davis is like the player that the Celtics would put everything on the table for. Like oh. that's someone who they would like go after. Yeah. Like Kawhi wasn't that player. Um, Kevin Durant wasn't that player, but like Anthony, they would like go all in on Anthony Davis. Wow. Um, so I assume that that would mean some of the players that they, said we're off limits in a Kawhi deal would then be like on limits. Um, Mm -hmm. So like 
Jalen Brown, I bet, would be included in that deal. Or, like, I can't... I mean, Marcus Smart's new contract makes him, a, like, kind of a trade piece now, too. Yeah. Um, I thought that's why they kind so, of signed him to, like, a kind of a mid... Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Just yeah. kind of like a, a mid-tier contract. That makes sense. So they can, like... Yeah, he's a little bit more tradable. So, I mean... It's interesting to see if Kyrie stays. Um, it's a lot of people seem to be concerned about that, but and he obviously won't really talk about that. So right. if he stays and they really want to try and form some sort of not big three, but like bring in another superstar, like Hayward and Horford are all stars and like very talented players, but de- like Anthony Davis, I feel like is a whole other level. Oh, for Absolutely. sure. Like yeah. he's like Kyrie tier, so yeah, like he's he's um, definitely elite, you know. Ex- yeah, like so. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but it. I don't think they go after him this year, to be okay. honest. Okay. Um, but I think like next off season. Also, um, the fact that. Boogie left New Orleans, I feel like increases the chances that Davis will leave. Um, yeah, right. Just because I feel like he wanted to like feel that out with DeMarcus, and then now that that's gone, it's like, the Pelicans really like, Anthony Davis, like everyone else, just wants to win a championship, and the Pelicans like aren't in a position to do that like at all. Yeah, I like, I just, I get nervous, um, I, I guess nervous, um, excited maybe, I don't know. Like, what happens if the Pelicans start out and they're, like, you know, 12 and 25, you know? Like, do do they just, like, blow it up then? Are they, like, really shopping him or anything like that? Is he like, all right, I want out? Um, I think that is something that I'm going to be kind of paying close attention to. Like, what's their record? Just because I want to, like, I just want to get that notification one day that, like, he's been been shipped out. Uh, Because I think that'd be good. Whoop. What were your thoughts? No, totally. What were your thoughts last off season with the Isaiah Thomas thing? Um, that was insane. Like I, <laughs> I came together so quickly. Um, it was nuts. Like I think the Celt- like the Celtics definitely won that trade. Oh, I know a lot sure. of people were sad because it was like a fan favorite, but it definitely was the, a better move for the organization long term. Like look at. IT now, like, yeah. right. hopefully he finds a spot with the Nuggets and a, a one-year, two-million-dollar backup deal. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, he kind of shot himself in the foot by like always talking about the Brinks truck and like just constantly talking about that max deal. Um, like, I feel like that's just not a good look when you aren't even like players who are worthy of that. I feel like don't do that. Yeah, so right. I don't know. It was just. It was an awkward situation, but he, like, he was, he's what, 28, 29? How yeah. old is IT? I think he's Like, up there. Maybe. He's 28. 28. He's been on, what, f- six teams now? Something yeah, like that? Five, six. Like that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, hopefully he finds a home. I think he thought Boston would be that place, which is why it's sad that it all had to, like, blow up like that. But, I mean, Kyrie is obviously, like, a much, there's just so much more promise with him in the organization than there would be with IT. Right. Yeah, I agree. absolutely. Uh, he's 29, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. He'll okay. Be, he'll be 30 February 7th. 
If you want to yeah, that's if insane. you want to send him a card. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess the elephant in the room I would I would say for you all is this uh, 2019 free agency class uh, with Kyrie Irving. Uh, what's the feel mm-hmm. of the organization? I mean, do they feel like they got a good grip on on having him stay? Do they feel like this is kind of it for him? They feel like he wants to be a Nick or he wants to be out of there. I mean, what's what's uh, what's the feel of the organization on Kyrie? Um, I think everyone is, feels good about their relationship with Kyrie. Brad feels good about his relationship. Danny feels good about his relationship. Kyrie, I think, is happy. He always says, like, him and management will have a talk about his free agency, but that talk just isn't going to happen now. Yeah. Um, so he really isn't talking about um, his long-term future with the team. He said that signing a contract extension just wouldn't make sense for him financially or contractually. And that's yeah. true. Like he would have left a lot of money on the table. Uh, um, yeah, I don't absolutely. think that necessarily is like a reflection of how he feels about Boston. Um but, I mean, Kyrie feels happy, I think, or Kyrie seems happy, I should say. Like, And I think everyone is happy with what he's brought to this team, both on and off the court. And all of his teammates say, like, he's, you could never tell that he's this, like, talented guy who's accomplished so much with mm-hmm. how he acts. Like, he's very humble, always helps them out. So I think people want him to stay. It's just a matter of if he thinks like Boston is the place for him. I think like some people, this is not like within the organization, but like some people think that like New York is just a better fit for like a city for Kyrie. You know, he's like got his shoe deals, just did the movie. Like he's from New Jersey. So is that, I don't know if that matters to him. Um, Also, if those reports about him and Jimmy Butler wanting to play together like that. Right. If like Jimmy Butler and Katie go to the Knicks, like I feel like that makes that move so much more enticing Oof. for him. Oh man. Absolutely. <laughs> that would Absolutely. be crazy. Hey, so, uh, so like, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the Celtics could be okay. If Kyrie left too, like obviously oh, yeah. it's a huge loss, but like they could recover. Does Terry Rozier so, slide into that spot? Do you think, or, like, if he leaves, uh, do you think they're going to be able to get him back? He's a restricted free agent next year, right? Yeah, so I don't – he has until, I think, October 1st to sign, like, a rookie extension. Um, but I don't think that's – I don't think that's going to happen. But I think they could get Rozier back. I think he wants to be in Boston. Um, if he knew he would be signing for a starting role, I don't see why he would say no. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess if he got more money elsewhere, but <laughs> – I mean, if they make scary Terry shirts, I mean they 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 love him in Boston. That I mean, thing they, blew up. It did. That was kind of like a that was yeah. kind of just like a an internet thing for a minute, and then it became like a like a full on. Everyone's invited to enjoy this scary Terry joke. Absolutely. <laughs> it, yeah, it was kind of blew up. Yeah, it that was, was wild. Yeah. It was wild. Uh, <laughs> so, Jalen Brown. Which he did the CJ McCollum podcast, which is we, which we've CJ McCollum's podcast, of course, is where we got all our off season news. <laughs> he brought the fire. With the podcast. <laughs> the well, he's breaking I mean, news about like reporters now too. Oh yeah, CJ McCollum's going in. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Yeah. But uh, Jalen Brown on on the CJ McCollum podcast says, and I quote: "No question, we're making the finals this year." Um, 
what? <laughs> I mean, when you throw that out there, I mean, that's not, I mean, that's not light talk. I mean, especially um, in the NBA. Um, I know that you're around the team, and and what what's the feel? I mean, when they talk about making the finals, and Jalen Brown puts that out there, um, the Celtics as an organization doesn't seem like it's, I mean, that doesn't seem like that's the way they go as far as making predictions, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's out there now. So, I mean, what, I mean, what's what's what were people's feelings and thoughts on that? I thought that was a little bold of Jalen to say, like outright. I think the approach that like some of the other players, like Terry Rozier, for example, is saying, he's like, he says he won't make any grand predictions, but what they like to say is like we have the potential to be super special, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like is like a just more toned back like way of saying what Jalen Brown said um and no I don't think anyone else on the team has come out and said like oh yeah we're making the finals like no question like I feel like that's like a little presumptuous and the Mm -hmm. Celtics definitely like especially Brad Stevens like tries to not take on that sort of attitude like they have to earn every opportunity back and like earn I think said the other day they have to like earn the expectations that they have right now they have to like re-earn them um so i don't know like that i thought that was really bold of him and like i feel like he like maybe was talked to after that i don't know uh, yeah i'm sure that <laughs> oh, yeah. that conversation came like um man don't be putting that stuff yeah out a little there. P- the pr team but i think cj mccollum yeah, pulls that out of people man i think oh, that yeah. he's cj mccollum he's he doing some of stuff i mean he knows what he's doing so uh, so, so you said Terry Rozier wasn't making any grand predictions. So what yeah. I, what I'm going to ask of you is to make a grand prediction on this uh, on this team this year. Your bold prediction, if you will. Um, where do you think this team ends up record wise, and where do you think they end up uh, in the playoffs? Oh man! Oh yeah! Yeah! Oh um, yeah! It's on you, Nicole. I mean, no. That's it. Yeah, you, you're in it now. It's so hard because I feel like last year just, like, conditioned everyone to think, like, to expect the worst. Like, oh, like, a million people are going to get hurt. So, no ma- like, no matter how good they are, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, just going to be a mediocre season again. But I they probably went over six. I would say they went over 60 games. Okay. Right. Last year they won 55. So, I don't think that's, like, out of the question. And 60 games is good enough for what seed in the East? Where would, um, you, where would you put them? Because I think their over-under is 50, 58.5. Yeah, their over-under is 58.5. So you have them going over. Um, you think they're a one seed or a two seed? I think, like, Kawhi is just so unbelievable. Um, okay. Mm. That if he comes back healthy, like I think the Celtics are probably the two seed. Okay. Um, Where do you think they take that two seed in the playoffs? And then I think they can make it to the finals, though. Okay. Make um, it to the finals. Yeah, but I don't. I don't <laughs> think they win the championship. Okay, so they lose in how many games? Do you think? Um, we're doing the whole thing. The whole. Um, oh, oh, we're there. Oh, we're in it. I told <laughs> yeah. you we're in it, Nicole. Yeah. We're in it. I instantly knew you weren't a real member of Celtics Twitter once uh, once you didn't immediately respond with, like, 
Oh, they're winning the chip. That's not a good question. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, no, she's not real Celtics Twitter. <laughs> um, let's see. It feels like they're probably losing six to the Warriors. I'd say. I think that's where most people are landing. Yeah, I, I hear six or seven. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know, man. I we talked about this a little bit before we went on air. Like, they're the only team that I see if they stay healthy. Match up with the Warriors, perfect. And a matter of fact, they're so, deeper yeah. than the Warriors, and I think that they would give them a fit. I really do. Producer Tim so, is making the gesture in the room that they will be hanging up a banner um, <laughs> in Boston next year. He, I didn't, he I didn't know what he was doing, but you yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he's putting up drapes or banner, but, yeah. but yeah, he was making the suggestion that he thinks that they're going to win it all. If they stay healthy and everything goes, like, perfectly as planned, like, yeah, I could see that happening. But I just have a feeling that, like, that that's not going to be the case. But to be fair, though, like, the healthy argument, isn't Curry as injury-prone as Kyrie? That's true. But I think, like, the the Warriors, just their ability to score, like, yeah. is so much stronger. I mean, yeah, with like, without Curry as opposed to the Celtics without Kyrie. Yeah, I All understand right. that. I understand that. I, I do think that this roster is like not not a hundred percent, but I'd say that they're almost almost bulletproof. I mean, there's like almost no holes in it. Um, what would you say? Yeah. If there was one area for improvement on this roster, what would it be? Um. And this is like where you nitpick. Yeah. Because. <laughs> That's tough. I mean, if you look at their roster top to bottom, I mean, there's not a whole lot of NBA, t- NBA teams that can go yeah. 10 deep and really not have a drop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's you have to be really nitpicky. I feel like in the past, it's always been like they'd lack that traditional, like, big man, like, a mm-hmm. capable five, because um, Horford is kind of like a four five, but, like, Baines really proved himself last year in that spot. Yeah. Um, so that is probably the position that they have, like, least depth, I would say, out okay. of all of them. Okay. Like, in terms of the reserve at that spot in the rotation. Um, but I don't think that really, thought, like, impacts them because they like to play, like, positionless basketball or whatever. Yeah, and, like, right. they don't really need that. But And he, if Horford they, can switch yeah. so well. Yeah, exactly. Um so if they, for some reason, like, need that spot, like, then I think maybe you're just, like, dicey. But it's, like, I don't think that's going to present – the opportunity will present itself out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to wrap it up. Uh, Nicole, I appreciate you coming on. This was a really, really fun time. Um, I would like to give you a chance to kind of plug yourself, um, shout out your Twitter, kind of where people can find you um, – read you all that good stuff so the the floor is yours <laughs> um well first thank you so much for having me um i also enjoyed it and yeah um all my stuff is on boston.com and bostonglobe.com and my twitter is at nicole c yang perfect awesome awesome well nicole thank you very much uh we appreciate your time i know that you've had a long day uh covering uh Tom Brady and the Patriots, you know, that since he is the GOAT and and uh, <laughs> you guys, I mean, he that sport is number one there, but we really appreciate you coming on tonight and talking Boston Celtics basketball with us. Yeah, 
Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Nicole. You have a great day. You too. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye.